Welcome to the Marion Road Christian Church Podcast. Marion Road exists to glorify God through worship, sharing the good news, making and developing disciples, and serving others. We all like the prospect of something new. Uh, even though if, if you're the anxious type, you may find new things a bit scary at first. There's something about a new day that refreshes our spirits. Uh, we relish the prospects in a new relationship. And as we close out the beginning week of a new year, we're still greeting one another with Happy New Year and holding on to our resolutions with hope for this new year of 2024. Of course, as human beings, we know too often when it comes to resolutions that our want to and our able to do not always match up. These past several weeks, we've uh, been looking at the book of Philippians as we learned about the incarnation of Jesus. And after that study, we now pilot our boat along a similar but new course as we move on to examine the life of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark. Monty will be leading us through this short gospel in the three months between now and Easter on March 31st. Just a little background this morning. Mark was not an apostle, but he was a companion of apostles and a resident of Jerusalem, which means he was likely an eyewitness of many of the things he records about Jesus' life. He is a traditionally associated with Simon Peter. Mark's gospel is the shortest of the four gospels, and its foundation provides a framework for both Matthew and Luke. Mark probably wrote first, and then Matthew and Luke built their gospels around Mark. The book of Mark focuses on the activities of Jesus primarily, and often spares us many of the details that we find in the later Gospels. Forty-two times in his 16 chapters, Mark uses a five-letter word we might translate as immediately, giving us a constant impression of Jesus as a man on the move, always acting immediately. When I think of Mark's Gospel, I'm reminded of a, of a TV news broadcast. Uh, the, the events are short, uh, we, we, don't, uh, we, we see action portrayed on the screen, and a few brief words of commentary by the anchor giving the essential facts, and then a tag that usually says, for more details, see our website. We don't find in Mark's gospel very many extended teaching sections or even parables. There are only four parables in the whole book of, of Mark. But it is loaded with 19 miracles, the, the action, the deeds of Jesus. There's little space given to quoting or referring to Old Testament scripture. Jesus is not pictured over and over again as the fulfillment of prophecy, as much as his activity demonstrates him to be the Son of God. Probably we could best sum up the whole book, and what I think is, the, is the, the key verse in the book is chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
There's no birth narrative in Mark, which seems rather odd coming off of Christmas here. But Mark doesn't tell us about the birth of Jesus. Um, Mark sees Jesus' entire mission summed up in the cross. Serving and giving his life for his friends. Mark skips the first 30 years of Jesus' life. Not because it's not important, but because it's not immediately relevant for the story he is setting out to tell. The period of preparation described in Matthew and Luke is over, and the action of his ministry is about to begin. The eternal weight of John's account is fulfilled in Mark. Mark 1.1, 1, 1, Mark says, or rather in John, or let me start over. In Mark 1.1, 1, 1, Mark says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. What is the beginning of the story of Jesus? Well, depends on your perspective. I could talk to several of you and would come up with a different answer about what you believe to be the beginning of the story of Jesus. Um, it depends on your perspective and your purpose. For the Apostle John, the beginning of the story of Jesus takes us clear back to the beginning of all things with the all-powerful Word of God involved in creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. For Matthew, the beginning is the Old Testament, the background we have there for the coming of Messiah. That's, that's how Matthew views the beginning. And the things he tells us, even the genealogy that he gives us, leads us to see that Jesus is the promised Messiah, that he fulfills all of these many, many prophecies in Scripture. For Luke... It's the events leading up to Jesus' incarnation and birth. How God's hand was at work making all things come together according to that plan. And so uh, Luke gives us those events. But what about Mark? What's the beginning of the gospel of Jesus according to Mark? Mark's purposes are to depict his activity and his purposeful deeds. So he begins his telling of the Jesus story with Jesus' ministry. It is the beginning of the working out of Jesus' mission for the salvation of mankind. It is the beginning of the good news. How is this good news new and different from any other? Simply because it alone is founded in the work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Today and next Sunday, we're going to look at the beginning of the beginning. Jesus' public ministry, if you look at the first chapter of Mark, doesn't actually begin until verses 14 and following, when Jesus announces the good news of the kingdom, calls his first disciples, and heals many. But what precedes immediately those events? The opening actions of Jesus. The ministry of John the Baptist the baptism and testing of Jesus. After saying that Mark doesn't focus on Old Testament prophecy, 
Mark immediately contradicts that with verses 2 and 3. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Reading carefully, we see that Mark has actually included two Old Testament passages here. Malachi 3.1 and Isaiah 40 verse 3. And he identifies the coming of Messiah's herald, the one who's announcing the coming of Messiah. He's, he's identifying him and his message commanding preparation. And that herald is John the Baptist. John appeared unexpectedly in the desert of Judea. He was, if you looked at him, he would resemble the appearance and manner of the Old Testament prophets. A fiery preacher who did not back away from speaking what he knew to be the truth. He began telling anyone who would listen to him, Messiah is coming, get ready! Getting ready in this case had different expectations from, from normal. Normally it was an appeal for the, the road constructors to get busy building a new smooth road for the coming of a hero. A few years back, Dorothy and I had gone for a day trip down into Iowa. We were on our way home. We were down uh, about to Fountain, uh, Minnesota, and uh, we started noticing that there were some signs up, and we, we started noticing that there were emergency vehicles driving along the road. We thought, what, what in the world is going on? And then we remembered President Obama was visiting southeast Minnesota. And we had to, we had to pull off. They block, blocked the road. We pulled off and, you know, one SUV after another went by uh, with blacked out windows. Uh, a big tour bus went by with blacked out windows. And we could say we saw Obama. We didn't really see him, but, but we know he went by. Uh, but the preparations that were necessary to get ready for the coming of that of that uh, dig dignified official. Well, uh, John says the same thing. Get ready. Get the roads ready because the king's coming. He said to the people he was talking to, he wasn't talking about highways. He says to the people, get your lives in order. Turn from your sin. Cleanse your hearts for the coming of the promised one. Get ready to recognize him as your king and give your allegiance to him. And so we read on, beginning with verse 4 and following. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. 
The message was like none ever preached before. It was introduced in the Old Testament by the prophets, particularly Malachi and Isaiah, as we saw here, but not fulfilled until centuries later as John began his ministry to introduce Jesus to the world. In Isaiah 43, 19, God says, See, I am doing a new thing. He was at work in the world. He was at work in the lives of his people. And he depicts himself as providing a new way of release from oppression for his people. In Hebrews 20, the writer tells us that a new and living way has been opened up for us by the body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said on the night before he was crucified that he was establishing a new covenant between God and mankind through his blood. When Jesus came, he brought good news. He brought news that was good for the whole world. He was Jesus, the one who came to save his people from their sins. He was the Christ, the one anointed by God, set apart for a unique purpose. He was the Son of God, the one and only, none like him. As we see Christ in action throughout this Gospel of Mark over the next three months, I pray that we too will be challenged to action. We're going to see the work of the Holy Spirit, just as John talks about here, that the, the ministry of Jesus goes far beyond what John accomplished. John was just making things ready. Jesus was the man of action. The good news always anticipates a response. We can say yes to it with our lives, just as Jesus did by serving and giving of ourselves to God's purposes and others' needs. Other things to which we may devote our lives often cause regret. But there are no regrets in responding yes to Jesus. While there are no benefits in saying no to him or in postponing taking action. Not to decide is to decide. Let God do a new thing in you in 2024.